the sacrifice of Christ as an atonement for sin is a great truth around which all other truths cluster. In order to be rightly understood and appreciated, every truth in the Word of God, from Genesis to Revelation, must be studied in the light that streams from the cross of Calvary. I present before you the great, grand monument of mercy and regeneration, salvation and redemption, the Son of God uplifted on the cross. This is to be the foundation of every discourse given by our ministers. Hi, I'm William Earnhardt. I'm a Bible worker in South Florida, and I just shared with you my favorite quote from Gospel Workers, page 315. And I would like to share with you now the Bible teaching of baptism in the light of the cross. By baptism, we confess our faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and testify of our death to sin and of our purpose to walk in newness of life. Thus, we acknowledge Christ as Lord and Savior, become His people, and are received as members by His Church, which is His body. Baptism is a symbol of our union with Christ, the forgiveness of our sins, and our reception of the Holy Spirit. It is by immersion in water and is contingent on an affirmation of faith in Jesus and evidence of repentance of sin. It follows instruction in the Holy Scriptures and acceptance of the teachings of the Bible. Why is it important to understand the truth about baptism? Well, the Bible only teaches one form of baptism. See in Ephesians 4, 5 where it says one baptism. We get the word baptism from the Greek word baptizo, which means to immerse. To be immersed, you must go into the water all the way. Why is it important to understand the truth about baptism in light of the cross? Romans 6 tells us the reason there is only one form of baptism. Baptism is where we are crucified with Christ and die to self. In baptism, we are giving all of ourselves to Jesus because he loved and gave all of himself for us. When we're baptized in the water, when we go under the water, we stop breathing for a moment. We don't breathe water, right? So for a moment, we stop breathing. That is symbolic of our death to self. When we come up out of the water, we take a new breath, and that new breath represents the new life that we are now living for Jesus. So let's take a a further look into God's Word on the topic of baptism. How essential is baptism? John 3, 5 says, and and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, John 3, 5 says, Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. John 3, 5. Now here's the the good news. Some people might ask, well, what if you don't have an opportunity to be baptized? What, you know, like the thief on the cross, he wasn't baptized. The good news is, again, as we saw when we were studying about the plan of salvation, 
Romans 5.10 says that we are saved by his life. That means Jesus lived a perfect life and I lived a perfect life in Jesus. And just as Jesus was baptized, his life stands in the place of my life. His baptism stands in the place of my baptism. But the Bible also teaches us that we should follow the example of Jesus when opportunity is there. And so how essential is baptism? John 3, 5 says, Without it, we cannot see the kingdom of God. How many types of baptism does God recognize? Does he recognize sprinkling and other forms of baptism? Ephesians 4, 5 says, There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Ephesians 4, 5. So the Bible only teaches us of one form of baptism. Well, again, Jesus is our example. How was Jesus baptized? Matthew 3, 13 through 17 reads, Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, It should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. Matthew 3, 13-17 So here we see Jesus coming up out of the water, going to the river to be baptized. You don't need to be baptized in a river if you're just going to have water sprinkled on your head. But it says he came up out of the water. So he was baptized by immersion. As a matter of fact, in John 3.23, it says, At this time, John the Baptist was baptizing at Anon near Salem because there was plenty of water there. And people kept coming to him for baptism. So you don't need uh, plenty of water if you're just going to sprinkle, right? He was baptized by immersion. Again, that's what baptism means, being immersed. How did Philip baptize the Ethiopian? Acts 8.38 reads, He ordered the carriage to stop. And they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. Acts 8, 38. So here again, we see that the Bible only teaches of baptism by immersion, where you go all the way under the water. So what must come before baptism? Well, Matthew 28, 19 through 20 reads, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, So discipling takes place, which involves teaching and being mentored. Uh, Again, uh, Matthew 28, 19 through 20 reads, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Matthew 28, 19-20 Discipling, mentoring, teaching takes place before, and then we see even after baptism, but definitely before. What else takes place? Mark 16, 16 reads, Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Mark 16, 16. So, belief takes place at baptism, and, and just like when a husband and wife at their wedding are pronounced husband and wife, that's not when they fall in love. They're already in love. And and when we're baptized, that's not when we start believing. That's showing that we already believe, that we're already in love with Jesus and believe in his love. So what else happens uh, before baptism or at baptism? Acts chapter 2 Verses 37 to 38 reads, Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, 37 to 38. So repentance takes place. Repentance is not just confessing our sins. Repentance is turning away from our sins. In Genesis 6, in the King James Version of Genesis 6, it says that when God saw how wicked men were, that he repented that he had made man. Well, What did he do when he repented that he made man? He sent a flood to destroy the world, to undo what he had done. So repentance means to turn away from something, to turn away from sin, not just to confess it, but to turn away. And so at baptism, we turn away from our old way of living. And and this leads us into the symbolism of being baptized by immersion, going all the way under the water. And Romans 6, 3 through 6, uh, portrays the symbolism of baptism very beautifully. Romans 6, 3 through 6 reads, Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we've been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. Romans 6, 3 through 6. So here we see that 
our uh, our baptism is symbolic of us dying to self. We're crucified with Christ. Again, we go down under the water. We don't breathe water. We stop breathing. Then we come up out of the water and we take a new breath that represents and is symbolic of the new life that we are now no longer living for ourselves, but we are living for Jesus. And sin no longer has power over us. We are no longer slaves to sin. Roman, that's in Romans 6, uh, 3 through 6. You know, I've heard it said that Sunday observance is a memorial to the resurrection. But of course, nowhere in the Bible does it tell us to keep Sunday as the Sabbath or the first day of the week. That is simply nowhere in the Bible. And on top of that, the Bible here in Romans 6, 3 through 6, gives us a memorial to the resurrection. And it's not Sunday observance. It's baptism. Baptism is the memorial to the resurrection when we raise up from the water as Christ rose up from the grave to live a new life no longer living for ourselves. We've crucified ourselves when we went down under the water. We now rise up as Christ rose up on that resurrection to live a new life, no longer living for ourselves, but living for Jesus. As a matter of fact, Galatians 2.20 tells us who is now living in us. Revelation 2.20 reads, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20 It is Christ who lives in us. And what are we declared to be? Galatians 3, 26 through 29 reads, For you are all Christian, oh, I'm sorry. Galatians 3, 26 through 29 reads, For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Galatians 3, 26 to 29. Because of baptism, we are the children of God. For what reason might somebody want to be rebaptized? Well, let's take a, take a look at that in Acts 19, 1 through 5. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast 
where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Acts 19, 1 through 5. So here, uh, these people had been baptized, but yet they hadn't even heard about the Holy Spirit. And so when they heard about this new truth, it was so life-changing to them that uh, that they were rebaptized. And so sometimes people will be rebaptized when they will uh, find a new truth that is totally life-changing in the way that they believe and the way they live their lives. Acts 22:16 tells us, What are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. Have your sins washed away by calling on the name of the Lord. Acts 22:16. Friend, if you have not been baptized, I would like to ask you, why wait? I invite you to give all of your life to the one who gave all of his life for you, Jesus. I'd like to invite you to follow in the biblical teaching of baptism by immersion, which as we saw so beautifully illustrated in Romans 6, 3 through 6, where we die to self when we go under the water, we come up out of the water ready to live a new life, no longer living for self, but a new life living for Jesus. Friends, if you have any questions about baptism or would like to be baptized, I would like to invite you to uh, reach out to me. I would love to hear from you. You can reach me at racer3 at gmail.com. That's racer3. You spell out the three. So it's R-A-C-E-R-T-H-R-E-E at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Please contact me and God bless you.